In the holy name of Jesus. Early last week, a very bright student of mine from long ago, when I was teaching at Princeton Seminary, sent me an email that read, As you know, Sunday is the first Sunday in Lent. My problem is how to preach a sermon based on Matthew 4, 1 to 11 for the umpteenth time. Any help? It's true. Here we are again in the wilderness with Jesus for the umpteenth time. I know how this story will play out, and you know how this story will play out, and even Satan knows how this thing will end. So I wonder why the devil comes back. Any help? Try this. The devil comes back to Jesus in the wilderness because he is possessed. He is possessed by his single-minded need for power. The devil is consumed with crushing God and ruling you. It is the only thing that he cares about. It is his only hunger, his only thought, his only motivation, and his only reason to be. But to get to all of you, Satan needs to go through Jesus. So each year about this time, on the first Sunday in Lent, the devil returns. Sure that this will be his year. This is the year that he can get the job done. This is the year that he can drop Jesus in the wilderness. This is the year that he will see the Holy Trinity crumble. And this is the year when he will finally have all of you right where he wants you. We can see why the devil thinks this way. After all, through the years, he has had some notable successes. Some very famous folks have swung over to his side, possessed by his charms. Adam and Eve, did God really say, don't eat? Go ahead, eat this. You will be very knowledgeable and you will be very powerful. And I always thought that you too would make better gods than God. The children of Israel, did God really bring you out of Egypt or did you do that yourselves? And even if he did it, it seems he's dumped you here in the wilderness. Moses has been gone on that mountain a very long time. Best for you to take a little bit of initiative, gather up the earrings, get out the mold for the golden calf, and make something of yourselves. And all of you, did God really save you? And do you really need this? And can't you make it on your own? Don't you have any power? We have all wondered that. So one by one, over the centuries, the devil has chipped away at the creation, drawing persons and churches and nations over to his side. Adam and Israel, and sometimes folks just like you. But the keystone is Christ, to get to you, Satan needs to go through Jesus. 
So he is back again this Lent with his three best lines. The first one is a great little temptation with a double bonus. Jesus has been fasting in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he is very hungry. If Jesus learns to turn stones to bread, he not only satisfies his own hunger, but he will become very popular. If you want the world to see you as important and productive and successful and benevolent and useful and powerful, feed the hungry and feed all of them. The second temptation is a good one, too. If Jesus jumps off the temple top and makes his heavenly Father catch him, God is then at his beck and call, and so is everybody else. Everybody wants a spectacular Messiah. A flying Messiah is the kind of Messiah that we can all get behind. If he can fly, can't he do everything else? If he can fly, what can't he do? He must be true. By the way, you remember, I think, from the history of the church, that levitation, flying, is one of the classic marks of demon possession. Perhaps out of frustration, the third temptation drops all pretense. It is a very simple power-sharing arrangement. Is the ticket Mitt and John, or is it John and Mitt? Is it Hillary and Barack, or Barack and Hillary? Somebody's got to be number one, and Satan is very willing to let Jesus be number two, because after all, when it comes to God's, number two is number last. This morning, if you are hungry or unpopular or unappreciated or weak or alone or unloved, you might be willing to give these three temptations a second look. But the trouble with following Satan is that it will never be enough. Though he is quite willing to give you some combination of food, magic, popularity, success, visibility, notoriety, influence, independence, status, security, control, strength, or most any other variation of power that you can think of, in the end, what Satan offers will always be unsatisfying. What Satan offers will always leave you hungry, weaker and poorer and deader than before. Because what Satan offers you this morning does not really belong to him. It is not really his to give. Whatever power Satan has is stolen. And stolen things are always dark always a forgery or a fake or a lie. It's a shadow that suggests their light, that, that, that there is light, but if you follow it, 
it will only draw you into deeper darkness. At one time or another, we have all been drawn into that sort of darkness and the subsequent betrayal of our Lord. But in the distance, 41 days from here, there is a glimmer. In the darkness, there is hope. And today, on this first Sunday in Lent, Christ begins leading us out of the wilderness through the darkness there. Refusing the praises and power of men and living by the promises of God, Christ leads us through the darkness to the beauty of his cross. Once again, here in this first week of Lent, we start with our failures and our sins, surrounded by the devil, the world, and our flesh. But 41 days from now, we will end there, in his death for the life of the world. Any proper Lent always takes you to the cross, and any proper cross always takes you to the light, to Jesus Christ, the light of the world, lovely and loving, light enfleshed of the Virgin Mary, the light no darkness will overcome, not even 41 days from now when that light is nailed to the cross. Why do we all come back each year for the umpteenth time? Each year, the devil comes back from futility because he is utterly and completely self-possessed, thinking this will be his year, and so he cannot see the truth. But each of us, we come back not from futility, but from faith, so Christ-possessed that we cannot help but live our lives in his light. And so in his beauty, in his love, and in obedience to his promises, to every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, even the word made flesh. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.